0: Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week, we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. Good day to you. This is Brad Zockel. You're listening to the Questions About Heaven podcast We are back into the thick of the wonderful, wonderful book of Revelation. The Greek word is apocalypse, and that word literally means the unveiling. We're not looking at the unveiling of who John is, or really what the real estate of heaven is. We're looking at the unveiling of the true Jesus. We've seen him in the scriptures, in the gospels, those four biographical books in the New Testament, as being a shepherd, a miracle worker, Uh, a teacher, my the Sermon on the Mount, what fantastic things we see there. The one who leads, who answers the Pharisees with striking questions and wonderful, wonderful sacrifice. This is indeed the Son of God as well as the Son of Man. We see him as 100% God, 100% man on earth. But then we see him in his full glory and just a hint of it, is enough to astound us in Revelation chapter 1. We're seeing Jesus being portrayed here as the victor, the fulfillment of not only the messianic promises of the Old Testament, but also the one who answers the question, will righteousness be done? And of course we saw in chapter 10 and verse 6, the delay for this righteousness would be no longer. And now as we're into 15, We're seeing victory after victory being laid out. God's wrath turning into God's glory as we recognize his wonder there. Revelation chapter 15, we're going to start. And as we go through, however long this would take for us to explain it, let's look at this. And so let's start with verse 3 and see what happens. During this time, we're looking in 7, the uh, chapter of the uh, chapter 15 of the victory this is going to happen before the final judgment you had the sealed judgments the trumpet judgments which you can study in our earlier podcasts and coming up ahead of us are the bold judgments poured out very quickly very rapidly and very brutally but there's a song here we the seventh seven angels that have seven plagues and we talked about those in there So let me go ahead and read this passage here. In chapter 15, verses 1, 2, and 3, the seven angels with the seven plagues. Then John says, I saw another sign in heaven. It was great and amazing. Seven angels with seven plagues, which are the last, for with them the wrath of God is finished. And I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire. And also those who had conquered the beast and its image and the number of its name, standing beside the sea of glass with harps of God in their hands. And now verse 3. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations." You know, as we go through Revelation, some people are enamored with the wrath. Some people are enamored with the downfall of the enemy. Or in the wonder of heaven, the real estate of the celestial future. And all these, and we forget about the glory of God. But we see here in verse 3, what do we see coming up? O king of the nations, fills out the final verse. When we see this, think about this. When we look in Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 7, it asks the rhetorical question, Well, who would not fear you, king of the nations? Indeed, it is your due. You deserve this. For among all the wise of the nations, all the wise men in all their kingdoms, there is none like you. I don't want us to get away from this, the king of the nations. Some translations say king of the saints, but of the nations. Let's not forget, we don't want to say this fast and move this when we say King of King and Lord of Lords. Because when we're talking about this, as we saw that it is mentioned in Revelation chapter 17 and verse 14, he is Lord of Lord and King of Kings. We look and we see in chapter 19, prior to the battle, we see Armageddon on the robe of Jesus. Across his thigh, the name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords the king of all of the nations here. So let's remember this. It's not that we win or we have incorruptible bodies or there's a wonderful city laid out for us or we're going to be eating with uh, no problem with weight gain and yet the best of all of these things. And the, Well, the first thing is to realize we're on the winning side and the winning one is right here. And just as it says we cannot comprehend the things that God has prepared for those who love him in 1 Corinthians 2.9, we really just touch the idea through all of this narrative on how powerful the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is. We thank the Lord for his victory, and as we do in church, we sing, and we sing for the victory to come right here in chapter 15, verse 3. They are singing about the victory which has been achieved. It says here in chapter 15 and verse 3, when you take a look at it, it says they sing the song of Moses. You see, it's not over with. They are singing this song. It's in a present tense. They are singing this song, the song of Moses. Well, what is this saying here? When we take a look at this, we see that it is mentioned that it's the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. So when we see this song, what is it? First of all, well, obviously it's the song of praise in here. Well, I mean, think about it. It says, great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. But when we see this, this song is actually broken into two titles. It's the song of Moses, and it's known as the song of the Lamb. So it's one song with two intents. Think about it. Moses, Old Testament. Lamb, New Testament. The first promise comes from Moses. The second and the completion of the promises and prophecies come from the Lamb. When we see this, we're seeing that God is being raised up as being not only is he worthy of praise because of what he does, great and marvelous are your works, but also for his decisions, just and true are your ways. Whatever you decide this, Lord, we trust in you, this faith in you. King of the saints, king of the nations, we see this, that who, who, his strength, who will not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name, so we also see his holiness, because you alone are holy. And remember what we said, the word for holy is sacred separateness. God is not like us. My ways are not your ways. Your ways are not my ways. We see that. All nations will come and worship you. When we see this, we are understanding here, no one will walk away. No one will shrug. No one will hide. All nations shall come and worship before you. God will receive the worship that is due him. Your judgments have been manifested or really made clear. All of your judgments. We see your judgments. We see your great strength. I'll remind you what Revelation 10 and verse 6 said. The delay of the judgment, the prayer of the saints in Revelation chapter 6, Lord, when will your justice come? Well, here it is. And the the singing is, You have done it. You are holy. You will not have unholiness. You are strong. Your strength will protect your holiness stand for your holiness, and your greatness deserves our worship, and all the nations shall come and worship before you. We see this here in this passage, this wonderful, wonderful prayer. O King of the nations, great and amazing are your deeds. Your ways, your decisions are just. We can rely on your justice. They're true. These ways are true. This is the song that was good in the Old Testament, under Moses, this is the song of the lamb, which is good in the New Testament, the song of the, uh, of the lamb of Moses there. The, there was a song sung at the Red Sea by Moses when Pharaoh's troops were defeated, destroyed, downcast, totally annihilated in the water. Moses and the sons of Israel sang the song to Yahweh, Exodus chapter fifteen. I will sing to Yahweh, he is highly exalted. The horse and its riders he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, he has become my salvation. Think about this. When all of these songs are being sung of praise to the Lord, all of those wonderful psalms in the books of Psalms, laying out God's wonder. Think about it. We sing Hallelujah in Psalm 148. It begins with hallelujah, which means literally hallel, praise, Yah to the Lord, praise from top to down, all the way through Psalm 148. It tells you from the very beginning of the Psalm, Psalm 148, praise the Lord in the heavens and it brings it all the way down to earth by the end of the uh, whole song, praise the Lord. And i remind you what this word praise means. When you look at the definition, it means to shine, to make a show. It also means to be boastful. We're going to brag about the Lord. You're king of the nations. Who, who deserves worship besides you? We're boasting on you. To be commended, to celebrate. Your ways are just. We celebrate the fact that we can rely upon your justice. We will praise, and one of the lines of the definition of praise is, we will celebrate you to the point of foolishness. Now, when we look in the Hebrew Chalde lexicon by Jusinus, we see this. It also intimates the brightness of light. Well, think about that. God is light in him, is no darkness at all. This brightness to be shine, uh, shining out. And it also means to make clear, as in color or sound, uh, a sharp tone. You are knowing by sight and by sound, this is the Lord. This is the song. And, and indeed, praise, a clear sound. Who re- reserves the praise? Who deserves the praise? Oh, it's it just God. It's God himself. When we see this, we sing the song. This is going to be for the Lord. Moses, oh, he's a great man, in the, but he's just the servant. Servant of who? The servant of God. That is the song that's being sung. He's just the servant of God, as great as he is, but he, uh, it is designated the Lord is the one. Great and marvelous. Marvelous means wondering. It is so much Think about it. Job chapter 37, when Job gives so many different narratives about the greatness of God, it says, God thunders with his voice wondrously, doing great things we cannot comprehend. There are many times I will have a skeptic come onto the comment section on one of the social media in which I, I, I will uh, discuss and, and show the scriptures. And they will start giving their limited ideas. Well, I think heaven would be boring. Well, I think if there are no pets, I would not be happy. If I, I think there will be video games, and I did, and then they'll go into ad hominins, name calling and things. Well, here's one of the things we are reminded in Job 37 and verse five: there are things we can't comprehend about God. There are things beyond us which we can wonder, and there are many people that say in faith. I will start looking and I'll go down the road of understanding and others say, I don't really care to. I don't want to do that. These things are too much, so I really don't care to follow them. And that's really so sad because the great strengths and the great wonders are found whenever we lean toward the Lord and look at all the promises that God gives the greatness of this King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Think about it, what Revelation 2, verse 17 says, I will also, says the Lord, this wonderful victor, the King of Kings, to the believer, I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name that is inscribed that no one knows except the one who receives it. So in the individuality of God's love for each of the believers, the overcomer, the white stone, as we said in the sports term, is like a trophy, with your name engraved on it, something you can carry. Think about the promises of this great God in Isaiah 56, verses 5 through 8. To the one that follows me, I will give them in my house and within my walls a memorial. God's house has a memorial for the believer, the individual, and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give each of them, individual, an everlasting name that will never be cut off. No wonder we call him the Wonderful One. No wonder we call him Marvelous. No wonder we call him King of King and Lord of Lords. He can do all of these things in defeating nations and rewarding the individual. Well, there's so much more I could say, but we're going to stop at that one verse. Revelation 15:3. Have a time of prayer and thanks today. Thank you, Lord, for the victories that you give. Thank you that I'm on the right side Thank you, Lord, that I have the opportunity to tell others about you. Thank you for the joy and the peace. Sometimes I can't even explain, as it says in Philippians 4-7. Thank you for you being who you are. And friends, I want to thank you for listening today. We'll continue on in Revelation 15 as we are talking more about this victorious hallway of celebration here. God bless you. Take care. And Lord willing, we'll talk soon.